Welcome to Better Movies, starring Adam. I just had a hilarious joke. Avery. Oh, you devious bastard. Kevin. Hashtag Bible. And Matt. Shall we, shall we do this podcast now? Okay, welcome to the Better Movies podcast, where we talk about movies and try and make them better. Still don't have a better tagline for it than that. Um, that's our other podcast, that's Better Taglines. <laughs> better Taglines, yeah. <laughs> so, let's talk about the last movies we watched. Adam, what was the last movie you watched? Um, the last movie I watched, I actually went and saw, for the second time, Star Wars. There was one movie I actually saw before that. Or after that, which was Christmas 95 at the Browd's house, but I don't feel like I should be sharing the plot for that one. And if I could improve it, it would be my dad would have been around, but other than... No, just shut up. <laughs> 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 the last movie I watched was the Star Wars, uh, the latest Star Wars movie. Pretty small indie release. Yeah. So it was lucky yeah. that you managed to get a theater nearby that was showing That's it. That's true. I should probably explain. So people who haven't seen Star Wars, Star Wars is a series of movies about the Death Star, every single one is about that. That's it. Yeah. That's the plot. That's all of them, yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so I saw uh, Rogue One, and it was great. It was really good. One of the, one, has everyone seen it? Have you three seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen it. Yeah. We're, we're planning on going this weekend, but uh, who knows. Oh, so only two out of the four. Only two out of the four. So tell, right. tell me about it in a way that doesn't give me any details at all. I'm completely spoiler-free on this one. I don't know what, want to know when it's set or who's in it or uh, any, any information at all. Wait, Matt, what do you know about it already? Uh, set in space. Hmm. That's it. That's all. I'm so spoiler-free on it that I've deliberately avoided seeing any of the trailers or any of the previous Star Wars movies, <laughs> so that I maintain a complete, uh, <laughs> complete lack of knowledge about it. This is good, and uh, it's an interesting choice to be your first, if it's going to be your first Star Wars movie. Yeah, considering so. it takes place bef- between two of the trilogies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know that. Cause she I don't know anything about that, no. <laughs> no, it was really good, except I think the thing that Star Wars, this Star Wars needed, if I were to improve it, is the same thing that most Star Wars movies need, which is actually, like, safety-conscious engineers. That's... Uh, if, and in the, is it, wait, oh, stop, though. Isn't the whole plot of the thing that the Mads Mikkelsen character, like, deliberately sabotages it? Isn't that the thing? Uh, but I don't mind that. That's fine. If you're going to deliberately okay, okay. create, like, a safety issue, uh, that's a plot. That's fine. But yeah, I'm talking okay. about, like, they have this part where... They zoom in on this big building, and the building in the middle of it has a whole waterfall of lava coming out of it. And it's like, <laughs> can you move that building just like a hundred yards to the right? I'm sure that it's much more stable over there, not on top. You wouldn't of have it. had to. You wouldn't have had to design around the lava, which I yeah. imagine was a nightmare. I bet those contractors went way so, over budget. <laughs> <laughs> There's a character who uh, they show up in his abode. And uh, as they're walking through, they have to pass through, of course, the most precarious metal bridge. And they apparently didn't leave enough metal for them to get, like, guardrails and handrails for this bridge. (laughs) It 
is part of the Star Wars universe that every construct above a certain size has to, by law, contain a precarious metal bridge over a <laughs> I huge drop. Star Wars is just like an alternate universe where OSHA doesn't exist, and that's like the only, the only <laughs> real difference. That, I don't know if you remember the prequels very well, but the first one was about trade negotiations, and the second one, which caused the major rift between the Sith and the Jedi, was about health and safety regulations. Like that's really the difference between the light side and the dark side is about a two hundred page manual of regulations. <laughs> I like so they keep like trying to make this happen, but no one yeah. can come up with the concept of just like guardrails and basic road safety <laughs> regulations. So they're just constantly at war. They're like maybe a little safer. And they're like, no, lava pits no. for every building. <laughs> and it feels irresponsible. It doesn't yeah. add to the movie. It doesn't make me fear for the characters. It just makes me think, like, why did they rush this? I paid <laughs> good money to come out here, and you're just doing a shoddy building job. There's actually a really good tweet about it. I'll look it up. You guys keep talking. Good. That's good podcasts. Is from Ghost Mom at Brad Toria and she said fastening a pendant around my son's neck before dying for him keep this always the audience won't recognize you as an adult without it <laughs> that's a really good tweet I keep seeing it in my timeline and it's really yeah. good I saw that one yeah. and yeah. I'm ashamed to say I don't under- I didn't understand it oh it's the joke is that that's that's how you show. That's in flashbacks. That's how you show it's the same character. Oh, but in did, like oh, any movie but ever. Did that happen in Star Wars? Uh, that might be a spoiler. I think... Oh, does that does that happen in the, in the new Star Wars? Yeah, they show a character as a child early on. She gets a pendant, huh. and then later she's still wearing it. I don't even remember that. I think my problem is I'm terrible with names and remembering people in general. So I go into movies not trying to pay attention to who characters are at all. So if, I, <laughs> so if they ever do a flashback, I'm like, that was a nice short movie about a kid that they had at the, <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of Star Wars. <laughs> Was the Man of Steel movie really confusing for you? Because you're like, there's this whole thing about Superman, but also this other movie inside it about Kevin Costner's kid. I think it might be Field of Dreams 2. <laughs> Believe it or not, there were, there were actually a lot of other things that confused me about Man of Steel. But I think really what it does now, it makes me question all Pixar movies. Like, are they all? Is the short at the beginning part of the other one? Because I'm just watching, <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching every single movie like like a Pixar movie. Well, really, you're watching every single movie like a Pixar character, yeah. specifically Dory. There's a lot of movies that have short clips of really depressing childhoods for no reason. <laughs> but a lot of happy adults who, like, really make it on top, like... <laughs> Movie makers just hate kids. That's what I've learned. <laughs> Alright, Avery, what was the last movie you watched? Uh, so, let's see. We watched Sky High the other day with my son. With Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Whoa! With Bruce Whoa, Campbell. Adam is a huge <laughs> Sky High fan. I am, I actually love <laughs> Number Sky one High super so fan, Sky High. So, so I, I also, I, I do love that movie. Uh, I kind of feel like it's a really nice family movie. Uh, but as far as way to make a better the first thing I thought of, because I'm an adult, was uh, you needed more Bruce Campbell, <laughs> for sure. He's hilarious, and he's funny in this movie, and he just doesn't have enough scenes. Do you want more Bruce Campbell like you want 
him to be in more scenes, or you want more Bruce Campbell? Like you want his chin to be four times the size it already is, so it's like full <laughs> out, like the crimson chin style. The crimson chin, like he has a second head, but the second head is just a chin, maybe. I I, I would love to see him lead with this chin for sure. <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen Sky High. Is that the one where they're superheroes, kids? Yeah. And they're all in high school. Okay. Learning their powers and stuff. Don't, I would check it out. Don't You can't simplify Sky High to just one half a sentence like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of beauty in that movie that I feel like a lot of nuance has been passed over. Uh, oh, I, well, I, I'll see it and then I'll appreciate like, the nuance I've actually more. met Bruce Campbell. That's a name drop. Oh, nice. That's a name drop that I'm throwing out there right now. I auditioned for one of his movies, I think... Which uh, one? Uh, I don't know. So, I'm from... I didn't make it. So, there you go. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, Maybe it's because you didn't know what movie you were trying <laughs> I just kept shouting out, Sky High. I'm in Sky High. And he kept looking at me with his chin mostly pointed out at me. Uh, no. So, he lives where I'm from in Southern Oregon. And uh, we, we have a local m- movie festival every year. And he was going to film one and put it in, but I, I don't know what movie he ended up doing. Um, but I was, like, way into theater and acting as a teenager. That was my main my main thing. And, uh, and so I brought my monologue, and I did this really dramatic piece. But I was, like, 17 and looked like I was 15 years old. And I don't think that's what he needed for his movie. But I think I yeah. did okay. And he said, you did really well. And he goes, can you try a couple different things for me? And he starts running me through this gauntlet where he's like, yeah, so I need you to do that same monologue, but I need you to do it with, like, maybe an Irish accent. <laughs> and at the most appropriate time, and this is, uh, this is a monologue that is basically about, like, my mom had died and I'm trying to overcome it. He's like, try it with an Irish accent. And whenever you can find time, <laughs> try saying, like, to me lucky charms at different parts, just when you feel it's appropriate. <laughs> And then he's like, dance a little jig with it. And he's filming me the whole time. And he keeps whispering to my friend. He's like, you're getting all this, right? And he's like, keep dancing <laughs> a little jig. Kind of spin for me. Spin louder, louder. And so basically, I think he just recorded me in case I ever went on and did something. So that he could just have this video and just like release it out of me acting like a leprechaun talking about the mother or his mother who had just died. And he's like, what the after me lucky charms? <laughs> That's my Bruce Campbell story. That's I love the idea that he was just really bored in the auditions and then he just got to the breaking point and then you came in and he was like, right, we're going to have fun with this motherfucker. That's basically it. Yeah. (laughs) Wicked. All right, Kevin, what was the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched was also Rogue One. Oh, well, that's no good. What was the movie you watched before? Well, unless you have a new way of uh, improving it that isn't health and safety related. I don't see how it could not be. (laughs) <laughs> distracting and offensive I don't know Rogue One was in a, in a pickle like it takes place you know after episode 3 before episode I told you that four. I was avoiding all... <laughs> I guess having not seen any of the other Star Wars movies that means nothing to me I don't, it means nothing I don't know what you. that is right. but that really puts limits on the plot or at least like beginning and end like you can't i don't know you can't kill someone who appears in episode four so your way to improve it would be 
killing off some of those characters in the Some of those beloved characters. You're wanting to murder, like, C-3PO is your improvement. Well, come on, C-3PO gets blown up how many times? There's that whole extended sequence in, I think, episode two, where he, like, gets his head taken off and goes through, like, uh, a drone manufacturing... I didn't dream that, right? That's a real sequence. No, yeah, that, okay. yeah, that he, he has his head put on a yeah. different drone. And it lasts so long. Don't forget, like, it's like a 15-minute sequence of just, like, don't goofy for, slapstick robot bullshit. Don't forget also in, uh, in Empire Strikes Back, he basically gets... Yeah, that's part. true. It's much more dramatic so then and much less together. goofy. Wait a second, Matt. Why are you agreeing with me? You didn't oh, yeah. That. I don't know. I've never seen him. <laughs> I'm ruining my own... Uh, the setup of my own joke there. <laughs> It'd been really cool, I think, if they put a huge continuity issue in Rogue One. Like <laughs> and then left it, just, just left it up to Ryan Johnson to fix. Be like, here, this is for you. Darth <laughs> yeah. Vader died. Yeah. Explain it. <laughs> I want to hear an example from you, Kev. What is? What did you want to see, like specifically? Like what would be? But do it without spoiling any of the Star Wars <laughs> movies, which once yeah. again I have not seen. <laughs> What's also tough is I don't. I'm like Adam. I don't remember the names of people very well. Uh, like crazy names like C-3PO, R2-D2. I remember those. They're more designations than names. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember the names of hardly any of the characters that were only in Rogue One. It would have been wicked if they just filled it with continuity errors that weren't huge like Darth Vader dies, but were stuff like... Yeah. Uh, the like the layout of the Death Star was completely wrong. Like stuff that only nerds would notice, mm. but just like pack it full of them so that every frame has like someone explaining how a lightsaber works completely wrong and then the next frame (laughs) like every single scene has something just to really annoy hardcore star wars nerds i think that would be amazing no that's a really good idea and they actually might feel like validated and all this worthless knowledge they have because they can tell people what was wrong yeah be like aha that was not right everybody mispronounces all the planet names like, it's like, oh, yeah, we've got to go and see Yoga over on Bakata. And they're like, no, that's not! <laughs> somehow, yeah. somehow Vader and Jake Lloyd, the kid who played it, are, like, in the same scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I have an idea, having not seen Rogue One yet. What if you did kill off one of these major characters, and then you finish off the film with, say, your protagonist's Shooting the red matter oh, and going yeah. through a wormhole into an alternate <laughs> dimension like Star Trek. And then you get two Spocks in Star Wars. <laughs> that would no, that's the continuity error that will piss off the most nerds. It's just have Spock in the background of a scene somewhere. <laughs> Everybody would be furious. Can you imagine being um, a stormtrooper, like a, a human who's going to be a stormtrooper, and the guy, your boss is like, "Hey, come with me. Let me show you your uniform." And he shows the stormtrooper uniform, and you're like, "Well, I'm going to die." <laughs> well, that fucking sucks. I feel like I, would look at, I feel like I would look at that, and I would be like, "Oh yeah, head to toe in body armor. This is I'm yeah, totally survive." And then I would see one that... guy get hit on stun, and I would be like. The fuzz is this made out of? Well, and that's isn't that <laughs> what happens at, epi- at the beginning of episode seven? Like it's painted this this redemptive arc that like 
uh, Finn is like, oh no, killing's wrong. But what actually happens is he sees a dude get murdered and he's like, mm, no, not for me. No, thank you. <laughs> I think this kind of goes back to my point of the safety regulations. Had that armor been tested If that armor had been properly tested, had it been properly yeah. tested, it would have been fine. I don't know who designed that. And they were like, no, this body armor, you see what it does? Is it absorbs the blast, distributes it through your body, and immediately puts you into cardiac arrest with the slightest <laughs> It's a reverse defibrillator, is what it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Go get him. Yeah. You clone. You expendable clone. Uh, Star Wars, no point. They're not all clones, obviously. How do you even know this, Matt? Because I, re- I, I haven't seen any of the movies, but I read the wikis really religiously. <laughs> like, every day I'm up on the wikis reading uh, plots and character synopsis of people that I have no idea how oh, they're wow. relevant. Actually, weirdly enough, now that I think about it, the last movie I saw was Turbo Man. You can't just, we've just done like 20 minutes on Rogue One. You can't just yank that out. It's not called called Turbo Man. It's called Jingle All the Way. Oh, Jingle All the Way. All right, so do you want to talk about Jingle All the Way, or are you happy having talked about... uh, I'm happy with Rogue One. Are you happy with Rogue One? I saw Jingle All the Way on TV, and... Doesn't count? paying great attention. All right. Yeah. It's hard. With the, I wish there were no commercials. Oh. Oh. Fair enough, yeah. It was Jingle All the Way, the miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> no, Adam's so bad at recognizing characters that he thought it was, he would have thought it was ten separate movies. <laughs> like, just real short. He's like, oh, this is a fun episode about a man going to a mall. Oh, this is interesting. And every time I'm like, that <laughs> character would have had a lot in common with that last show. <laughs> They should do, like, a crossover thing. That would be so helpful. They it almost it. looks like this is the same shopping mall. That's crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, I'll do mine. Uh, the last movie... I, well, over the Christmas holiday, like, over the Christmas period, we did a whole bunch of movies, but we watched all the Harry Potter movies, apart from two, because mm. it's terrible. Um, so the last movies I watched were the, uh, the last two Harry Potter movies. Nice. Deathly Hallows Part... Parts one and two. Mm. Yeah. That's quite a marathon. Yeah, it was good. It was good. There's a lot of stuff. They were better than I remember. Although the last two movies, I don't think, had I not read the books, I don't think I would have understood most of what was going on. Because, hmm. like, yeah. a lot of the time, it's like, uh, Harry, like, takes out a mirror and looks at it and is like, ooh, mirror. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know, because that's the mirror that that guy left in there. And he's looking because he thinks he sees Dumbledore, etc. Et but in the movies, he doesn't say anything. It's just one shot of him looking at a shroud of mirror, and then they move on. And I feel like if I hadn't read the books, I'd be like, what the fuck is any of this? Yeah. It's not the craziest thing to see an eyeball in a mirror looking back at no. you. No. No. That's kind of how it's mirrors pretty... work. Most, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. All of the mirrors I've seen have actually reflected things back at me. It would be wicked if yeah. he took out that shot of mirror and looked at it and was like, whoa, I look real shitty today. <laughs> <laughs> this These past seven years have really taken a toll. The, 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 I think the one change that I would make to the last... It's actually in the, the penultimate Harry Potter movie, Deathly Hallows Part 1. I could have done without the scene of nude CGI Harry Potter making out with nude Hermione, CGI Hermione Granger, which sounds like a thing I made up, but that's actually in the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's terrible, and I hate it, so, and I wish they hadn't done it. So which nude characters do you want to see make out? I'm confused. No, well, I, I feel like I wouldn't have... Maybe had... like Ron and like Crookshanks? 
Ron and Harry, I would. That's <laughs> that'd be great. I mean, there's something. There's always been something there. So, yeah. but I feel like I wouldn't have minded it so much had they not CGI'd them because they CGI'd them with whatever technology they used to make uh, Angelina Jolie in Beowulf, so that they just look super slick and like oh, slippery yeah. and just very unpleasant to behold. So your real critique is that it wasn't hard enough. It wasn't hot enough. It was just too wet, was my problem. Stop body shaming CGI Harry Hermione. So it's really just like slug forms of Hermione and Harry. Yeah. So just like as yeah. they banish them, they just kind of like inch crawl away. <laughs> Ron's no longer upset that they were making out. He's just upset at how grossed out he is. This could have been so hot. Like, it cuts back to his face, and it's it's impossible to tell whether he's, like, upset because they're making out, or he's upset because they're kind of slimy. <laughs> like, they've been cursed with some kind of slime curse. If you're going to cheat on me, do it right. He's <laughs> <laughs> just mad that they used all his lube. But <laughs> there we go. So just... That's I feel like... Is it ever hard watching Harry Potter and realizing that you are Neville Longbottom, that you look just like him? Is that? <laughs> as, a, as a kid, so they did like a nationwide talent search for Daniel Radcliffe for the Harry Potter thing. And as a applied. kid, my parents my parents sent a photo of me in because I, as a kid, I looked exactly like the description of Harry Potter in the books. Yeah. And now, yeah, I look more like Neville Longbottom. <laughs> I'm okay with it because he's the best character in the whole fucking thing. That's true. He's pretty great. Yeah. Um, they were going. They were going to at one point. At least this is what I remember from the radio. They were going to open those auditions to the U.S. as well because they like couldn't find uh, a kid that they wanted. <laughs> A bland enough child. Yeah, I guess. Because yeah. the description of Harry is just like white and dark hair. <laughs> yeah, Scar. Which I don't think they were looking for a guy with a... Maybe that was the problem. They were looking for a guy with a lightning-shaped scar. Oh, no. yeah. And then, like, two years into the search, the makeup department were like, hey, we could just, we just draw that on. <laughs> well, the, the, weird, the interesting thing is, though, uh, David Heyman, the producer, is was good friends with uh, Daniel Radcliffe's father. It seems like it shouldn't have taken forever to find him as the actor mm. for it. it. No, in fact, it actually it actually took them so long that David Heyman said to his mate, look, can you conceive a child and bring it up to look like Harry Potter? And then in 11 years' time, we'll be golden. Do you think, like, Perfect. parents across the country were like, Harming their children to make them look like Harry Potter. I know from experience, My parents made me live in a cupboard under the stairs for two years just to really... <laughs> they decided I had to go method with it yeah. before I even got the role. A method life. Alright, so this is, this is a segment where we take suggestions from Twitter um, for movies that you'd like to see, and we make them into movies. Uh, it's basically the... The Polygon podcast, Cool Games Inc., but for movies. Um, so, does everyone have the spreadsheet? Chairbud. Airbud tries rugby and gets paralyzed. What's that? Chairbud. Oh, Chairbud. It's number forty-three on the list. I feel like that mo- that movie writes itself, though. I don't I, like. What are we gonna do? 
It didn't write itself. It can't just end with him being paralyzed and it's like, that's the movie. Well, but realistically... <laughs> Dogs can never they, make it. You've got to they, have they like just a... put him, they, There's no chair. I mean, they just put him down. No. <laughs> <laughs> he gets hit by a car and then his owners put him down. And then, like, the final shot is just them going out and buying a new dog. <laughs> that, that's the beginning of the movie is they put down Airbud and then they go and get another dog and teach him to play what fo- I haven't seen the movie what is it football yeah <laughs> What's moral the of the thing? story is we're all replaceable that's yeah. the moral of the story <laughs> oh wait no 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 ah now this is this is the movie he gets paralyzed but because he's so good at a sport once again, have not seen the movie. Um, I, I think it might be basketball. I'm pretty it's sure basketball it's basketball. Original, yeah, but that makes with the air. I understand now. So anyway, but because he's so good at playing basketball, they don't put him down because they're like, oh, he's going to recover and play, be in the new Space Jam movie. Um, <laughs> and so, so that he just has to sit real window style, and he's sitting, he's stuck there this whole time in this chair. And he becomes a really good at esports, and it's just like the best League of Legends player. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's interesting because, um, so this dog is just like really naturally gifted at all of the sports, and I know this because well, I've basketball seen all specifically, because no, he's been in multiple types. The dog that was great at basketball can is also good at football. He letters in multiple. It's the sports. same dog. It's the same dog. It's that hence the Air Bud. It's always Bud. It's always the same dog. It's always the same dog. So it's like he's you haven't even basketball. explored the lore, Matt. As <laughs> and we're and we're talking. And I'm like, have you even looked at his breeding? Am I talking to some sort of amateur Airbud enthusiast right now? I'm gonna have to own you in front of all our podcast listeners. He so he's just like really naturally good. Like it's an accident that they discover that he's really good at all these sports. That's right. How the movies go. So he doesn't necessarily want to be involved in these sports. This is like the equivalent of like a story where like the dad is like, you're going to be a football player in my house. Like it's that sort yeah. of thing. They find out the dog's really good at sports and like, that's what you have to do. And then but he actually crippled. he wants to take philosophy. But I, he could. We don't know. He, no one asks. That's the saddest part of the movie. And so uh, the fact that he's getting paralyzed playing a sport that he didn't even choose. That's a sad I thing. assumed he was hit by a car, but you're saying that it's during the course of a. I believe so. I would. I think it has to be. Yeah, yeah. In rugby, he gets paralyzed right yeah, in the middle in of the scrum. What? Uh, what other sports has he already proved himself to be good at? Like, there's Airbud, Airbud Two, Golden Receiver. Yeah. Um, Airbud Three. What? What are the, You're the. You're the lore expert. Yeah, here. What, he what is also good at baseball. He also has kids that talk. So that's another. <laughs> Which Dead I feel like should probably be a bigger deal. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like having dogs that done his sports career. I mean, this—it's just a commentary on how much we overvalue athletes in the in North America. That <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he has—he's literally a magic dog. But what everybody focuses on is his basketball career, and not his ability to breed children that talk. This has gone deep into the lore, and I'm excited again. <laughs> I'm looking up all these things. He's also good at soccer. He also played, uh, right, he played baseball. Volleyball. Volleyball, that's right. Spikes back, which is a Star Wars pun. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I just, I opened the Wikipedia page for Airbud, and it has one of my favorite 
uh, opening lines of a plot synopsis ever. The film opens with an alcoholic, abusive clown, Norm Snively, which <laughs> is just, it's great. There's All the words there are very good. And Norm oh. Snively is Norm? an all-time great villain villain name. Norm Snively is a name that um, I think Charles Dickens himself would be proud of. Like, yeah. Come up with. You're like, oh, I need some gross, terrible, angry, <laughs> drunk clown. Norm Snively. Norm Snively. <laughs> Perfect. So, Rue, right, uh, at Really Wood on Twitter. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Uh, so I feel like I definitely have to choose one of his or hers. I honestly don't know the gender of Rue. Uh, I'm going to choose... Oh, shoot. Where did it go? Uh, Cookie Monster, Back from War, and I think the subtitle maybe was... Nam 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 or nom nom nom. Did you do you actually want to talk about? Do you actually want to talk about this, or did you just want to say that one title out loud? Uh, All of the above. I want to talk about this so that I can say that same phrase like five more times. Nam nam nam. Nam 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 nam. I love this idea personally because so we've got Sesame Street and everyone's like hanging out and it's this happy fun time and then. All of a sudden, it's the one episode where they're like, Elmo's like, what's the draft? And Cookie Monster comes (laughs) comes out, and he's like, whoa, no, I have to tell you. And that's like the start. It's just a regular Sesame Street episode, and Cookie gets drafted off to war. That's how I see it. That's awesome. And apparently this this deals with his regret after it, so we don't even see him at war. It's just him coming back. Right. Um, yeah. I like the idea that there's like, there's an episode of there's an episode of Sesame Street, uh, like at the beginning of the season, where Cookie Monster disappears, and then he's not in it for like four or five episodes, <laughs> <laughs> and ev- all the characters are like, "Where did Cookie Monster go?" And <laughs> Big Bird will not tell them. And then when he comes back, he's just a little bit different. He's like <laughs> missing both of his hands. So he can't even, like, really grab the cookies. It's, like, the saddest thing. He can't even put them in his mouth to make the crumbs fall out the side. Like, they don't even make it there. He's crumbing up before it gets to the mouth at this point. I think if any of the characters from Sesame Street are suffering from PTSD, it's Oscar the Grouch. Like, that's a sad commentary on how we treat our veterans. Uh, That was Jim's original intent. Well, maybe the Grouch is, like, his mentor when he comes back. He kind of, like, talks to him and he's like, I know... I know right, because he was in World War Two, and he's yeah. like, yeah. Right. <laughs> People treat me like I want to live in a garbage can. This is the worst <laughs> situation ever. People walk past and they're like, you're so grumpy. I'm in a garbage can. I'm in a garbage I can. I fought for the freedom against the Nazis. <laughs> I like the idea that uh, Cookie Monster, it's actually a prequel to Sesame Street, uh, and Cookie Monster got his whole unit killed because he didn't recognize the call signs correctly. And so Sesame Street is like his fantasy world that he retreats to, where he just drills into himself the importance of numbers and letters nice. and knowing what they are. I, and it's just, it's all an escapist fantasy for him. Oh, I love that because he's like, that would make sense because he's like, A is for alpha, B is for beta, C, <laughs> yeah. how do I say C? And the rest of the time <laughs> yeah. haunted and keeps saying, C is for cookie, and it's Charlie. Yeah. It's Charlie. Yeah, it's Charlie. Up. If you had known. <laughs> and that's that's why 
it's can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street? Because yeah. he's just he's trying to get back there yeah. so he can save. I would totally it's, love to see what Cookie Monster when he's not getting these call signs right, what he's hearing is Beaker's voice. You <laughs> <laughs> just, just can't get it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Can you give it to me? Give it to me one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Next movie? Someone got it? Next movie, yeah. All right, so I, there's four that are just titles that I want to talk about. You marked one that I want to uh, talk about, so I'm excited. Oh, which one's that? Pizza Dragon. Yeah, let's talk about Pizza Dragon, because I'm excited about Pizza Dragon. I'm excited. I, I'm excited. Be, did you have something in mind already of what you visioned it? No, I, but I was going to ask, we should probably say who came up with Pizza Dragon. Oh, yeah. We should credit oh, these submissions. Shoot. Skiing accident at Woody on Wii. Oh, okay. Um, uh, sent in Pizza Dragon. So I see Pizza Dragon as kind of like it's... Maybe there's like a combin. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's like a combination pizza place, dojo type place, and it's. Oh, you're thinking like a double dragon, uh, yeah, pizza yeah. experience. Oh, Something okay. Because like or... I was imagining it. Because the the pun is Pete's dragon, right? So I was yeah. imagining a, a real dragon. But no, oh. I like yours. No, no, no. Well, I'm thinking. I don't know if maybe or I mean maybe it turns out that like this is like a. A karate place that's owned and operated secretly by one of the Ninja Turtles as well. I don't know, but it's like right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like a dojo where they also do like pizza because that just makes sense to me. Do- a dojo, oh. yeah. <laughs> nice, more puns. Um, yeah, a dojo. I think it could be called that. Like the working title is Pizza Dragon, but it's about dojo. I think that's awesome. Yeah, dojo colon Rise of the Pizza Dragon, <laughs> and maybe. <laughs> So maybe it's like this place is going to get torn down or something and yeah. it's going to be replaced by like a combination yoga vegan frozen yogurt. So it's like the same like food sports combination but a different take. And uh, and they have to like enter a fight to win enough money to keep Pizza Dragon. To, to, keep, to keep Pizza Dragon open. Yeah, it's a classic now, 80s movie. That's, yeah. I, I was thinking it, we would go the more mystical route and like it's a pizza place, but there's a prophecy about the pizza place that the greatest, the greatest warrior of all time would rise oh, from that, that pizza place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the pizza so dragon. The pizza dragon, um, and we can have like a an '80s montage of the guy teaching um, teaching our, our young pizza dragon how to make pizza, but he's secretly teaching him how to kung fu yeah, yeah, yeah. at the same time, and then he uses all of his pizza making moves. To defeat the evil Nacho King. How many pizza making moves are there? Now I'm in, now I'm interested. Well, you gotta you gotta knead the dough, and you gotta spin it. You gotta do the thing where you spin it up in the air, and you've gotta like throw pepperoni like ninja style from across the room. I don't know if you've ever seen someone make pizza, but that's the only way to do it. I don't know if you've ever. You've gotta seen learn that. how to shred cheese with your bare hands. I don't know if you've ever seen a karate competition, but there are very few ninja stars allowed in those competitions, actually. <laughs> like, two eight-year-olds come up to fight one just the first one to throw ninja stars. Right in the eye. Canada, as peaceful as it is, is a lot more violent when it comes to karate yeah, competitions. Yeah, karate competitions are rough up here. I like that. I, I like that. I think it could start off with that classic movies, uh, 80s movies sort of thing, too, where it, like it's far away in the Orient, and they're giving, uh, like, a, a prophecy and stuff, just like you talked about. 
And he's like, oh, the, the greatest warrior will come out of the most unexpected of places. And uh, A pizza hut. Yeah, a pizza uh, And then it, like, shoots to the other one. And it's this kid's like, what? And he's like, pizza and stuff. You're just describing Kung Fu Panda at this point. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I feel like the obvious thing with Pizza Dragon is that it's a dragon that is kept to fire the oven in the pizza, the pizza yeah. oven. Yeah. Um, like, like in Gringotts where they keep the dragon underground and he's very unhappy, but he, uh, he protects the stuff. Actually, it's not really clear what he's doing there. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's just, it's just there. Like, there's no, he's offering no help to anybody yeah. at all. Not a whole lot of security, really, because they get yeah, past I don't him, know but the he's... people who work at the bank they, don't They get don't past just him. get past him, they use him to escape. But even the bank workers can't get through the dragon, right? They've got the no. ringy bell thing, and it doesn't work a whole lot. No. So good. Anyway. Very unrealistic so, movie when you really think about it. Yeah, when you really dig into it, it does, it's got a lot of plot holes. We, we were just in uh, Universal, so we went to uh, the, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Oh, sweet. I really yeah. want to go there. It's and they had, the they had this little Escape from Gringotts ride, which was pretty awesome. Oh, um, cool. Uh, but like I'm getting kind of my head mixed up with the special footage they shot for that and this yeah. movie, and, and the same thing where like the dragon just kind of like in this this little alcove, not alcove, but it's <laughs> it's just it's just there and it doesn't really look like you have to get by it for anything. It's just there. It's like why is there this dragon here in this yeah. big room with pillars? Who cares? <laughs> like what is it going to do? It's all chained down. It's going to hang out and cook pizza. Maybe that's what it was doing, and you couldn't see that there was an entire pizza oven just behind it. Gringotts Wizarding Bank and Pizzeria. <laughs> um, I don't know what the, the, the conflict in that movie is, though. It's either like a plucky band of teenagers are trying to save this captured dragon from the pizzeria, or it's a guy who has a dragon... Like Pete's dragon, it's a kid who has a dragon and his dad owns a pizzeria and the dad is like, no, we use wood in our pizzeria and the kid's like, no, we'll make the best dough ever if we use my dragon. And it's his, it's his like conflict with his father. I like the first idea just because I like to imagine a character who's like, I have the world's only dragon. <laughs> I'm going to open a pizza place. What <laughs> a pizza place. <laughs> of all the schemes that you could have of like, Take it on a circus and treat it bad and people save it from there. The real, like, travesty isn't... Maybe the kids want to rescue the pizza or the pizza dragon not because he's treating it badly, but just they're like, this really isn't the full potential. There's a lot <laughs> that you can do with the <laughs> pizza dragon. They want to capture it and take it to the circus. Yeah. And they're probably going to treat like, it quite badly, but there's yeah. a lot of money to be made. So you really don't know who to side with. <laughs> It's a lot more sensible to side with the kids, but emotionally, you're paired with Yeah, the you're really with, uh, yeah. I gotta say, the allure of going to a pizzeria, ordering a pie, and having it ready in five seconds would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that pizza just, boom. I mean, they've still got to throw the pepperoni across the room and shred the cheese by hand, so it's right. still going to take right. some time. And they put the sauce on with their hand with a wax on, wax off motion. It's probably most <laughs> appetizing. Um, yeah. Can we cast this movie? I really like this one, actually. The, which one? The plucky band of teenagers one? Uh, who are trying to steal? Sure, yeah, that one. Where they're trying to steal. Or do you want? Or do you want to cast the the pizza dragon uh, prophecy? P- 
Pizza Dragon colon the prophecy. Uh, let's go with the band of teenagers. Let's go with Okay. That. So we need to gra- cast a bunch of 25 to 35-year-olds as our teenagers, as is... <laughs> right. All I know is that for the part of the dragon, I want Emilio Estevez. That's... The voice of Emilio Estevez. The, the voice and the CGI... <laughs> Motion capture technology. In the role of a lifetime. Role of a lifetime. In the role of a lifetime. <laughs> Emilio As Emilio Estevez. Yeah, okay. I like that. Yeah. Who are we going to cast as his owner? Because he has to be, like, you have to initially think he's the bad guy, but he actually has a turn where it turns out that he's not so not so bad after all. Yeah, that's true. And we should have Keith David as that guy, because I feel like he'd be good. He's got a good smile, but he's got an evil smile. Um, so <laughs> it'd be good to, uh, he, like, he initially seems like a bad guy, but actually he's, he's pretty um, good. Yeah. I would also throw Brian Cranston in the ring. I feel like this is his type of movie for mm-hmm. one, because I think it'd be interesting to see Brian Cranston now do a reverse breaking bad where he doesn't start out, out as like the underdog sort of guy. He starts off as a bad guy and he has to become your underdog. I like the idea of this movie being in two halves. The first half, we're with the teenagers trying to get the get the dragon, and they succeed before the halfway point of the movie. And then you realize, like, it's six months later, and they're treating this poor Emilio Estevez dragon like shit. So Brian Cranston and Keith David have to team up and go and get him back. That's nice. I also like this yeah. movie in two halves. One half pepperoni jalapeno and one half... <laughs> Chicken tomato. That's my preference. I'm half and half. They have some shitty pizzas. You didn't say pineapple. Chicken tomato? No, that's no good. What? It's so good. No. There's already tomato on a pizza. What are you adding it for? I'm with Matt on this. Yeah, cooked tomato is gross and should be bad. Say that you joined the wrong side doesn't make me more convinced. (laughs) I would not agree with Matt unnecessarily. No, that's true. But, you know, I gotta say, what I like about this film is, is that, you know, you think that it's the whole neat thing with the kids, that they're gonna go take the dragon, and then you get the adults actually saving Yeah! And, this, and this killing all of the kids. Like, and have you ever this seen is important. Like they kill all of the children. This, I, I must insist upon this. All of the teenagers are, are dead at Brian Cranston's hand by the end of this movie. Right. To save his dragon. Avery definitely makes a good point that this is a very progressive take on adults. That's right, yeah. It's good. Also, a progressive take on dragons. That's my favorite part of it. Yeah. Also, te- like, I don't know if you've met any teens, but they're fucking awful. Mm. They're terrible. Um, so we, we probably... It won't be hard for us to uh, to uh, turn the audience to sympathy against them. Next movie? Next movie. Did we finish casting this one? We haven't cast our plucky band of teens. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor Lautner. He's about 40 now. <laughs> can we just can we why don't we just use the Twilight cast? We'll have Robert Pattinson, yeah, uh, Kristen Kristen Stewart, um, Taylor Lautner, um, and Anna Kendrick is in those movies. What as well? Is she? Uh, yes, yeah. she is actually. Before she was Wicked, she was in those movies. I stand by that. I don't want to cast Robert Pattinson. I want to cast Edward Cullen as one of the plucky bandit team. <laughs> Because this is like, actually, it's like a, it's way far in the future of Twilight, it turns out, but he's still a teen. Cause he never right, ages. yeah, because he's a forever teen. Yeah, so he's still yeah. there as Edward Cullen, 
all the others are like generations down of the rest of these. Yeah, I like it. Okay, next movie. You uh, you marked three more. Oh yeah, I marked. I'm gonna rapid fire them and see which ones you like. I liked Donkey King, Wizard Wizard West, and Life of Snails. Probably my favorite one of those is Wizard Wizard West, but I Same. mean. Donkey King is also good. Uh, Donkey King, to me, seems a little too much like another Shrek story. Yeah, in which he becomes an evil overlord. Well, then you're going um, to love Shrek Wars, which is another suggestion we got. <laughs> I think you mean Star Trek. Star Shrek. Star right. Shrek. Although Shrek Wars is the prequel to Donkey King. Because no. after the wars, only one survives, and it's Donkey, yeah. and then he's the king. So it's like uh, Shrek Wars, Donkey King, and then... Star Shrek, so that's Star Shrek. Uh, that's yeah. our trilogy. Yeah, nice. yeah, yes. Because Shrek, Shrek is dead. He gets killed in in Shrek Wars, but then he he's resurrected by the magical powers of the Donkey King, and then to save <laughs> the kingdom. That's the arc in the Donkey King. Uh, Donkey starts off as this really despotic ruler, and he like is completely totalitarian. As he like, you know the character of Donkey. Imagine right. him as a king. That's exactly how it will be. Um, and total ass. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut this whole segment now because of that joke. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then but then he realizes that like he gets into a war with the neighboring thing and he's about to everybody's about to die and he's about to die and the only person that can save them is Shrek and that's the end of the Donkey King because it's a dark second act in our in nice. our trilogy. The only one who can and save then, any of us is Shrek. So that means... It's Shrek, this is true, yeah. And then they, they bring they bring Shrek back in the third one to save everybody. I kind of worry that we're naming the third one... So Shrek is coming back in the third movie. Yeah. I worry that we're calling it Star Shrek and not bringing shrek back. <laughs> That's my only concern. <laughs> I guess it could be Star Shrek colon bringing shrek back. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Or maybe, maybe the, just that's how. Because w- what people really love about the Shrek movies is when Donkey sings popular classic songs. Mm, so maybe, yeah. um, so maybe he sings bringing Shreksy back, and that's the incantation <laughs> that summons Shrek from the stars. <laughs> I'm bringing Shreksy back. Yeah, I love it. It'd probably be the gingerbread man singing that part, I guess. Like, yeah. yeah. Love no, it. he dies, like, right at the beginning of um, Shrek Wars. That's how you know it's serious. Oh, dang. Because they kill off the gingerbread man like that. Wow. Fiona kills him. <laughs> it's brutal. Go on. <laughs> that's that's the whole story. Oh, she, wow. she dunks him in She dunks him in milk until he dissolves, oh, screaming. Yikes. That's brutal. That is brutal. Yeah. Plucked yeah. off his gumdrop buttons and used it to lay a sticky trap so that he couldn't run fast <laughs> enough. So, so I think one of the scenes in Donkey King, because another thing people like about Shrek is that it has these, like, uh, allusions to more adult movies and stuff like that as well, right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've never noticed any reference. Yeah, there's a like, couple. Like, almost like reference-based humor. Yeah, exactly. Like Fiona and oh, okay. Shrek, she, like, fights off a bunch of people. She goes up in the air and Matrix camera goes around and stuff. Yeah. Things yeah. like that. Uh, what's... What what goes around? Uh, they do like the Matrix. I don't I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, you're in it. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Um. 
So I'm thinking that maybe, because we talked about the Donkey King, like he's at war with this other nation or whatever. Maybe yeah. the way that he like finds out is he, he kind of makes another warring nation upset, but he doesn't know they're at war until he wakes up and he looks over and there's a donkey head in his bed. Just <laughs> just like the Godfather, but this is like way more significant because it's his own wait, species. It's his that's, dad. That's no gosh. But they look very similar, so initially you think it's him, and then it pans across, and it's yeah, yeah. actually Yeah. I like the idea of taking taking those references to adult, to more adult films and making them as disturbing as they are in the <laughs> I'm trying to think. They like, like, I want to see an extended Saving Private Ryan riff halfway through the movie, <laughs> where like half of the characters we've got to know in the first sixteen Shrek movies are brutally <laughs> murdered in a very Fun realistic Marvel. way. Oh man, Pinocchio just like sticks his long nose out to see, and he gets shot right through it. And so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Splinters fly yeah. everywhere. There's a mirror at the end of it. <laughs> Donkey and Shrek, when they're fighting, it's literally shot for shot the bear scene from The Revenant. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and we could incorporate, I mean, there could be, I imagine, like, after they call back Shrek, who's dead, so this has become kind of a horror movie, they have to get Fiona, who does that, like, crawl out from a well for some reason, just like the ring. So she's just, like, yeah. on all fours, spider leg and across. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, Fiona also dies in Shrek Wars, which is great because you, <laughs> you could tie it. You could, you could tie it in a seven where Shrek gets this box and he's like, "What's in the box?" <laughs> oh no, it's a Jack in the Box instead. <laughs> nice, just to keep it whimsical. Just, um, but still, I, I have to add, still extremely bloody. Oh yeah, I do like the idea of. Shrek of Star Shrek bringing Shrexy back, he comes back wrong. I hadn't considered that. Like, I imagine Shrek would come back and fix everything because in the DreamWorks universe, he's kind of the Christ figure. I think we can all agree right. that Shrek right. is Jesus of DreamWorks. So, right. like, I imagine him coming back and it kind of it kind of fixes everything. I like the idea that he comes back wrong, uh, and then the every the warring factions from Star Shrek, from Shrek Wars have to band together to destroy him. I never thought of Shrek as being like a Christ figure, but I guess it makes sense because he's got the little ears that kind of make like a cross sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of symbolism in this movie. And also, he has he he teaches lessons from the Bible throughout the Shrek movies. <laughs> that's kind like of his thing. Shine your shoes, wipe your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Psalms thirty-three nine. <laughs> I, I think maybe bringing Shrexy back is a little too nice. I don't know. It seems like it's not bloody enough for for this one. It's a kids' movie, guys. <laughs> now, what would you like to call it? Uh, what about the resurrection? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, you're Yeah, you're okay, good, very good. Yes. Uh are there any fairy tales that should be included cuz like the whole Shrek thing apart from obviously the pop culture references and the singing of people's songs that it's reimaginings of fairy tales. I feel like we need to include some new ones. 
in there to like to draw the new audience. Modern films. I guess modern. I mean, I already said Saving Private Ryan, so I don't know what other modern fairy tales you want to. Like Slenderman. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. maybe he's the he's the leader of the opposing. Yeah, because I tell monsters. tales of Slenderman to my nieces and nephews at night. Yeah, like, well, let me tell yeah. you a fairy tale. Yeah. Um, the only other fairy tale I can think of is there's this fairy tale that I feel like is woefully underrepresented called Redbeard. Has anyone ever heard of this? No. Yeah. Redbeard is basically the story where there's a girl who is betrothed to this guy who uh, lives in this castle, really nice place, and it's almost like Beauty and the Beast. He's like, don't go into this wing. That's all you have to do. And he goes on a trip, and she's like, uh, I'm bored. I think I'll do the one thing that I'm told not to do. And she goes in to this room, this wing, and uh, finds that he's killed every girl that he's been married to before her. It's this bloody torture room. And the guy walks in and is like, now I have to kill you too. Moral of the story, never be curious. Because that's how uh, fairy tales work. And I feel like that would be a good representation for children in bringing Shrexy back. I feel like. Yeah, I think so, yeah. That's the princess character and more the red, this red beard fellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like they're really interesting. Yeah. Maybe he's the one who like has Shrek's body to begin with and he's like you can't go in here the whole movie. And then Donkey King is like I command you and it turns out he's the one who has all the Shrek ogre parts that have been He has a put... room full of all of the all of the parts of all of the characters that were killed in the first two movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they accidentally put in someone's someone else's eye. They put in they put they build Shrek back together. And put in Slender Man's eyes by mistake. <laughs> um, and then Donkey sings, I'm bringing Shrexy back. Yeah. And then he comes back, but um, kills everybody. It's a quality film. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's a whole trilogy. We've never mm-hmm. done a trilogy yeah, before trilogy. in our three episodes. We just, wow, we just made DreamWorks like next six years out of yeah. the entire Shrek plan for them. Oh yeah, we should say our Twitter handles. Um, oh yeah, as a sign off. Uh, I am. I have been at MacMcC1. Uh, I am at bringing Shrexy back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as my alt, but follow my main one, which is at Adam Brown. I am uh, at a burger a day. Uh, I'm Kevin, and I'm at. I'm bringing straight to the bad.
trick. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh.